This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good morning, gorgeous. How are you ladies doing this morning? I hope you're doing fantastic. Welcome to the Dr. Daff Show. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Daff, and we are continuing our reading, The Purpose and Power of Women by Dr. Miles Monroe. Today, we're talking about the idea of a woman being a reflector. And I'm calling this Born to be Loved because you as a woman were born to be loved. Your sole purpose in God's creation was to be made for receiving his love and love from men. And so I want to talk about what that looks like for your life, how you can open yourself up more to be able to receive love and how you can shine God's light on your body every single day to every single person you meet by being a reflector of his love. So I want you to go ahead and sit back and relax and get your favorite pen and your favorite notebook to take notes. But before we start, I would like us to talk about an elegant year. Every week, I'm giving you an opportunity to do something that will invite more elegance into your daily life. So this week's challenge is for you to take a look at your lingerie, at your nightwear, mostly your undergarments, like your bras and your panties. I would like for you to look through that drawer this week. So many of us buy underwear, we wear our underwear, but we don't even take time to really look at our underwear. We don't take time to inspect our underwear and take a look at whether or not it's suitable to be still worn. And this is like talking more about how the underwear looks like if there's stains on it, if there's blood on it from your cycle, if there's any bodily fluids that did not get taken off from the wash cycles, or if the underwear is ripped in some spaces, or if things are falling off of the underwear, they need to be thrown out. Underwear is not something I'd recommend donating. Perhaps bras can be donated because they can be expensive. And that's something I think is a little bit more acceptable. But panties and things of that nature really should be thrown out, even for bras. If the bras are actually damaged, they also shouldn't be given away. I think things should only be given away that are still wearable and that the person can still wear it with some dignity. I don't think that you should ever donate something that you think is absolute trash for another person to wear. Um, It should be something that maybe doesn't suit you anymore or doesn't make you happy anymore, doesn't fit you anymore, but not something that's actually in awful shape. So I would like you to take some time this week and curate your underwear drawer and take a look at, you know, what kind of underwear are you purchasing? Do you have a lot of like granny panties? Do you have a lot of thongs, G-strings? Why do you have what you have? Are you comfortable in your underwear? 
Do you feel like you're always having to pick it out of your your body when you're walking? Or do you feel like, yeah, it's super comfortable, but your husband does not find it appealing at all? Do you have different underwear for different occasions? Do you have underwear that's seamless where when you're wearing something, you can't see the lines on it? Also with your underwear, do you have some like lingerie types of underwear that you wear with your husband on maybe special occasions, on trips. Do you have that in your in your drawer? Do you ever wear it? And if you don't wear it, why are you never wearing it? And sometimes it's nice to just have underwear that you wear, not for your husband, not for anyone, just for yourself to feel sexy, knowing that underneath that thick turtleneck is a sexy lace bra and you just feel a lot more confident and you feel more womanly when you have these special little things for yourself. So take a look at your underwear. Take a look at the things that you own. Are you only purchasing black underwear? Do you have some color variety, some style varieties? And it's not to say go out and blow all your money on underwear, but it is something to consider in terms of what you have and the quality because there are tiers to everything in life and there are tiers to underwear. So if your underwear is very cheap, like if you're only buying your underwear from fast fashion shops or places where the underwear is just, you know, maybe in bright colors or something cute, but the quality isn't there, it could be affecting your skin. It could be affecting your actual vaginal health. And it definitely isn't going to last as long as something of higher quality. And then, of course, we have like luxury lingerie, which I think everyone should have at least one. And if you've never even thought to purchase luxury lingerie, one brand that I really like is called La Perla. And I believe it can be said, I don't know if it's, a, I think it's a French brand, but um, it's La Perla, P-E-R-L-A. And I love their lingerie because it's just, I don't know, whenever you put it on, you just feel so beautiful in it. And you can always, you know, take a look around and shop a sale or use some discount codes and that kind of thing. You don't have to buy things at full price, but you can get, you know, a special bra on your birthday or something just to feel something different. I think life is really all about experiencing different things. And it's not necessarily about having all of these fancy things and all of your things being super expensive and super luxurious. But I'm very big on experiencing life fully because God said that you, as his daughter, were made to have an abundant life and you are his child. He owns everything. <laughs> so everything is for you in the sense that you don't ever want to limit yourself and say, I would never, ever spend $300 on a bra, right? Well, maybe you don't think you'll ever, ever have enough money to be able to spend $300 on a bra and not miss the money. And that is a mindset that's deeply rooted in something else, right? Because however much money you spend on your bra, someone else would probably never spend that much money on their bra, right? It's like, depending on where you are in life, it just, it, it depicts, you know, what you end up doing with your money. But having access to things to be able to at least experience them and say, well, you know what? I have had 
you know, a bra from La Perla and it was nice and I've experienced that and I don't necessarily want to experience it again, but at least I have experienced it versus mentally blocking things out because you don't think you deserve it or you think that only snobs do this kind of thing, you know, open yourself up a little bit more. And I guarantee you, it's not even the people that you think (laughs) that are experiencing life at that level that really are. It's usually people who are actually quite quiet about it. They're not boasting. They're not opening boxes on Instagram, (laughs) showing you their new Christian Dior bag and this and this and that. They're not doing those things. That's really just their lifestyle. They don't need to show it off. It's just what they do for themselves. And more people are living like that than you think. So it's not necessarily associated with a certain kind of person, but yes, some people are more flashy or social media is their job. And so that's what you see. And you may associate certain things with those kinds of people, but this is your life. It's about you. And in order to live an elegant life, it's important to at least be educated on what is out there, what is in your world, and then decide what you want to partake in. So that is an elegant year. I do want to know, are you ladies doing these opportunities every week? I would like to know, send me a DM or send me a comment on Instagram and let me know, are you doing them? How is it impacting your life? Because if you're not doing it, then there really isn't any movement. And with everything in life, nothing changes if nothing changes. You have to actually do things to be able to see changes in your life. Otherwise, it's just entertainment. Like you're just listening just to have something to listen to, but your life is not actually changing. And the purpose for me spending time with you is to help you change your life for the best. All right, let's talk about being born to be loved. Man, the spirit, was created out of the essence of God and the image of God in order to receive God's love and to reflect his nature. The female was created in the same pattern. She was made out of the essence of the male and in the physical image of the male in order to receive the male's love and to reflect his nature. When we talk about the concept of love, it is one of the number one driving forces for almost everything that women get themselves into. So when I have had my, I have my show, right? The Dr. Daft show where I interview women from all walks of life. And when I interview some of the women who have had some turbulence in their life in terms of maybe being a stripper or being a porn actress or being an escort or a prostitute, being extremely promiscuous, having sex with so many men, you know, all of these things have always come back to one, one thing, which is love, looking for love. So many women are looking for love and will take it at any cost. And that's why they'll do things like sleep with someone else's husband. That's why they'll do things like be an accomplice to a crime with their boyfriend or wear extremely revealing clothing so that men can be like, dang, look at her, like she looks good, or get compliments on social media from men or compliments or looks as they're walking down the street from men because they want love. They want to feel important. They want to feel like people want them. And you 
may feel the same way. You may have had a past where you struggled with feeling okay without someone saying that you're worthy, you're beautiful, you're sexy, you're fine, and wanting to sleep with you and wanting to touch you and wanting to be with you in that way to prove to you how beautiful you are. It's one thing to say it and hear compliments. That's that's actually a good thing. That's that's a good thing. You should be getting compliments and admiration from men and no one should make you feel like getting admiration from men is a bad thing. It's it's a great thing. God made you beautiful and people admire beautiful things even if it's a beautiful flower <laughs> or a beautiful peach on a tree. People are going to stop and talk about it. That's normal. What's not normal is for you to only really feel truly beautiful when this person has sex with you, when this person decides that, you know, they want to touch you and experience you in order for you to really believe that you're loved. But love is something that God created you to receive from men. And that's why in this book, he's talking about how man was created out of the essence of God in the image of God. And you as a woman were created out of the essence of a man and the physical image of a man because a woman was taken out of the man in order to receive the male's love and reflect the male's nature who is (laughs) reflecting God's nature. So it's a ripple effect. The most significant, single, most important reason that the female was created was so that she could receive love. Therefore, the first purpose of the female as reflector is that she was made to be the object of the male's love and to reflect the love that he gives her. I recently made a post on my Instagram where I talked about how the biggest gift I can give my son is my happiness. Me being happy is literally the best thing after after the knowledge of God is the best thing I can give my son. Because when he sees his mom is always smiling, always happy, always, you know, just full of joy, that makes his day better. That makes his moments better. Every moment, I mean, not every moment, but <laughs> the majority of the moments, he sees me with a smile. And that's, some of it is my natural personality. It's just who I am. I'm just a pretty uh, joyful person. But some of it is just also due to my circumstance. My husband is a wonderful husband to me and he allows me to be really happy. And that happiness then gets trickled down to my son. And so even though situations are hard and trust me, since I've had him, I have been the least happy, (laughs) not with him, but just with everything else going on in my life has been extremely hard. And I have had to remember how important it is that he doesn't see me walking around moping or giving him a stale face. He needs to see me happy and not in a fake way, but for me to reshape and rethink my thoughts to be able to reframe them in a positive way enough to show up where he has a memory of his mom and an experience of his mom of happiness because then he can grow up with better self-esteem, more confidence, and he can then have an image of a woman who is happy and search for that when he's looking for a wife because who doesn't want someone happy with them? But it is a ripple effect. It starts with my husband. My husband was making my life a living hell, there's no way I could really be happy in a sense that like I would not be walking around the house, chipper. 
(laughs) and that would affect my son. We are a reflection of how we're treated by our husbands. What this means is that God designed the woman to function on love. Love is the fuel of a woman. When you don't give a car fuel, it cannot run. The same thing happens with a woman. If you don't give her the love she is meant to receive, she also can't fully function in the way she was created to. In order to be fulfilled, the woman needs love. In Ephesians 5, Paul said, Husbands, love your wives. He expressed this thought three times. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And each of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. The man should love the woman because she was drawn from him and is part of him. If he doesn't love her, it is the equivalent of the man hating himself. He treats himself well when he treats his wife well. The man's role then is to love his wife as himself with all the attributes of love that are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So the man must love his wife. But here's the thing. A lot of us don't know what love actually means. We hear love and we have our own definitions of love, but there is a solid definition of love made by God. And when this whole self-love movement started, (laughs) oh my goodness, It has just taken so many turns and it's actually quite damaging for the younger generation who doesn't really understand because we listen to YouTubers and bloggers and TikTokers and they're talking about self-love, self-love, self-love. I'm on my self-love journey, self-love, self-love, but really have no idea what that means. They think self-love is going to the spa, lighting candles, drinking your coffee, spending some time by yourself. Not necessarily. No, not necessarily. Self-love is love for yourself. But what is love? Love is defined. First of all, God is love. Let's just start there. Hmm. But that might be a little bit too deep. So let's back up a little bit. In the Bible, God defines the attributes of what love is. So in one of my interviews where I interviewed a really big Christian YouTuber, Um, hopefully you watched it. We talked about what self-love is. I talked about it in terms of being able to love yourself truly. And it came from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where it says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It is always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. That is love. So if that is love, then what is self-love? Self-love means that you're patient with yourself. You're kind to yourself. You don't envy. You don't boast about yourself. You're not proud as a person. You're not rude. You don't look out only for yourself. You're not easily angered, right? So (laughs) with yourself, you're not easily angered with yourself. You don't keep records of wrong with yourself. 
most people are not loving themselves because they have no idea what love actually means. But this is a definition of love that God gave us and gave husbands to do with their wives. And how many husbands do you know that are easily angered? Uh, So many, so many. But this is something that they're told not to do to their wives. When you give the female love, she comes alive. Yet when she receives anything less than genuine love, it is as if she short circuits. When you don't love a woman, you are abusing her very nature. It's interesting to note that nowhere in the Bible does God tell the woman to love the man. The woman is instructed to submit to the man, to respect and to honor him. Yet God commands the man over and over again to love the woman. Why? It is because the fall damaged the male's God-given natural love for the female so that he wants to rule over her rather than to love her as himself. This is why as the male is being restored to God's original design through redemption in Christ, he needs to be instructed to love the woman. For the same reason, the female's God-given natural respect for the male was damaged. And that's why she needs to be instructed to respect him. These things don't come naturally. And you may listen to women who have been married for a long time or, you know, women who are just instructing you about what it's like to be a wife. And they'll say, respect your husband and do this and submit and da 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 But here's the thing. It's actually really hard. It's actually completely unnatural. And it's a choice. And so a lot of people will fight that, right? A lot of people will fight the whole submission topic because they think that women who are doing this or who are even advising this are doing it with ease. And they think, how can you be doing something with ease that's like so awful? Like it goes completely against what... I would want to do. And I think what they don't realize is that no one wants to do it. No one actually wants to do that. (laughs) They're telling you because they have wisdom to know that this is what works. This is how you're going to keep your marriage going. This is how men are designed. This is what God said to do. Not let this is easy or I like doing this. Who likes doing this? Yes, there are benefits to it after you've done it for a while and you understand like, oh, I see. Now I see what happens when I when I submit. Now I see. But a lot of what you're seeing is really God's hand in it. Because you've been obedient, God works whatever it is out and you end up on top, you know, because you're doing it the way he asked you to do it. But it's not easy. It's not natural. For me, I have to bite my tongue every single time. It goes completely against my nature. But every time I'm about to say something, I hear God and I just zip it. I just zip it. Or I don't zip it, but I ask God to tell me when should I bring this up and how should I say it, depending on what it is. But if it were up to me, every single time it'd be a back and forth, a back and forth that I win, (laughs) right? So it's not natural for a man to love his wife. And I'm not saying that he doesn't naturally love her. What I'm saying is that it's not natural that he wants to love her in this way. And even if it starts off like that, over time, you'll see the man starting to change. Even if a woman starts off respecting the guy, over time, that's when you'll start to see the pushback after they get comfortable. 
And so if you're watching movies and TV shows and stuff, it it shows, oh, this man just falls in love and they're just like this. And it's like, no, that's a movie. In reality, this is how things are. And this is coming from the one who made us. So the female was primarily made to be loved by the male. When Paul said, husbands, love your wives, he was saying, in effect, husbands, above all else, love your wife. Don't worry about other things before that, because you can take care of those things in due course. If you love her, you will take care of many other problems and potential problems in your marriage. When you give her the love she needs, she will function properly because she was born to be loved. A woman will reflect the love or lack of love that she receives. When she is loved, she is better able to live a life of joy and peace, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. When she is unloved, it is as if there is a weight on her heart. Any man who violates a woman's need for love is misusing and abusing God's purpose for the woman. Men need to learn how to love their wives in such a way that they can understand and receive their love. That is the key. A woman functions on love. She needs to hear it expressed often. And many men believe that they are expressing proper love to their wives by providing them with essentials, right? Shelter, food, clothing, giving them expensive items, giving them major appliances, giving them cars, and even mink coats. Certainly, many men give these things out of a motivation of love, for sure, However, giving such a material item is not the essence of love. Love does not say, I bought you this house. What more do you want? And a lot of men do have this sort of transactional relationship with their wives where they are with women, where they feel like, okay, I did this for you. So that should be enough, right? I've seen men say this, especially with the femininity content that I make. Well, if a woman is expecting the man to go to work and pay all the bills, then that's all she's going to get. She's not going to get the extra roses on a Thursday, a a baguette, and I'm not talking about the food. I'm talking about the diamond. A baguette, you know, just because a trip to Saint-Tropez, just because money just deposited in her bank account, just because. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. And it came from this whole like idea of expectation. If she expects it, and I think that's another conversation we can talk about another time. But for a lot of men, things are just a checklist. (laughs) It's just like, let me check this off. I did this. I did this. I did that. I'm done. I've done my part. Now you do your part. And that's not love. Love is giving. Love is service. Love is giving of yourself in all ways. Even if you don't see the reciprocation, some men won't give their wife money to do her hair if she hasn't had sex with him in two weeks. Hmm, that's interesting. Sounds a bit like prostitution. I don't know. Like, does she need to to get paid for her services or is she your wife? And I know I'm talking to women and I really should be talking to men and maybe God needs me to start talking to men. Who knows? But there are some things that don't make any sense in the design of marriage. Men need to understand how to love a woman because a lot of men do things and they think that they're actually showing love 
And I'm not even talking about love languages. Like, oh, this is how I receive love. I'm just talking about what it means to love someone. If a man is going to love his wife, he has to keep the company of Christ. That's the only way. He has to stay rooted in Christ. That's the only way to truly find out how to love this woman. Because Christ is the one who is the example of love. And it says in the scriptures that husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he may sanctify her in Ephesians 5.25. To sanctify something means to take it away from all else, set it apart in a special place, care for it every day, and value it as a priceless gem. To sanctify something means that you do not allow anything near it that would hurt or destroy it. It is set apart for special use. This means that you don't pass it around. It is not available to entertain other people. And I just want to stop there because that is so deep. That is so deep, Dr. Monroe. When you give your life to Christ fully, I'm not talking about those of you who say you're a Christian. I'm talking about those of you ladies who have actually taken the time to tell the Lord that you want to live for him, that you accept Jesus into your life as your savior and you're ready for your assignment. You're ready to live the life he created for you and stop doing things on your own. Those ladies, when you've given your life to Christ and you are born again, when he actually saves you because you decided to truly give your life to him and live the way he has asked you to live, I'm not saying you are. I'm saying you have told him that you want to and you need his help. For those ladies, what Christ does is he takes over your life. The kingdom of heaven takes over your life. You become different. You're now born into a kingdom. Basically, you get born into a princess. You get born into a princess. God is the king and you're his daughter. And now that you're in the royal family, You get special treatment, special services. And I'm saying this off of my experience and what's in the Bible. It's already, it's been in the Bible forever, but I did not experience it until 2020 when I gave my life to Christ. Even though my whole life, I called myself a Christian. I went to church, everything, 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 everything. But I had not actually given my life to Christ. Once I made that decision, I saw how my whole life changed and When in the scripture, God says that when you pray, say, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. When you say that prayer, you are bringing heaven's lifestyle, culture, and influence. The kingdom that you're now a part of, your kingdom, your kingdom in the heavens where you are now a citizen of, you are now part of the royal family. Everything that happens there, you're bringing it into your life. When God saves you, he takes you away from the enemy. He takes you out of the enemy's hands. The devil has all of the people in his hands until you give your life to Christ. And then Christ says, okay, she's mine and takes you away from him. Now you belong to God. Now he is responsible for you. He says, do not worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear, how you will live But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. So when you give him your life, 
every single day, he will provide you your daily bread. He will give you everything you need for that day. And he will remove you out of the enemy's hand. You already had angels if you belong to God, but you will get an army. The army will be protecting you. You have secret service. You have so much happening around you in the spirit where you, you know you can't see it, but it's happening around your life. He saves you. He sanctifies you. He says, now that she's mine, here's her money. Here's her protection. Here's her peace. Here's her her healing, all these things he has for you, right? And now she can start her assignment. Whatever I created her for, whatever God created you for, you can now start it. I'm putting her aside for special use. That's God. That's the father you have. But your husband is supposed to reflect that physically. God is doing that for you spiritually. Your husband's reflecting that physically. He is responsible for you. He is responsible for your care, for your mental health, for your physical health, for getting your nails done, for the the silly things you want, everything. And don't think for a second that God is not funneling the money through your husband. And I feel like I'm going on a tangent here, but some of you ladies will think that you should feel bad if you're maybe a stay-at-home wife or maybe you work and you need extra money and you need new shoes or you need... I don't know, gas, gas in your car, or you need money for lunch or small things. And your husband doesn't even know that you need these things. Yet you're living in the same house, you're married and your husband's making all this money. Do you know that once you get married, God then gives your husband a new level? Like when, when men get married, they get blessed by God. So there'll be so many doors now open to your husband to provide for you. So you may think he's earning all this money and he's, you know, this is his and I don't, I don't want to ask and all of these things. God is getting this through him to you. And it is because he's supposed to care for you, my love. He's supposed to take care of you. That's what he's supposed to do. And so don't feel bad about receiving that from him because it's coming from God. I've heard so many men say, wow, it seems like when I got married, I started making so much more money. I started getting so many opportunities and all these things. It's a blessing. So God wants the man to treat the woman like how he treats the woman, how he treats his church. The woman. When I say the woman, I mean the church, which is everyone, because he does the same thing for men and women as soon as you become part of his kingdom but he wants that reflected because the man is ahead of you. It says in the Bible, husbands in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. When a man really loves his wife, he considers her the creme de la creme. When she receives such love, she will reflect it in her countenance, the way she looks at life and her interactions with others. Just as we talked about how women can be a spiritual help and an encouragement, not only to their husbands, but also to other men, they encounter in their lives, men can do the same for women. They can help build a woman's self-esteem by valuing her and treating her with kindness and Christian love. Women need the affirmation of men, just as men need the respect of women. 
This is particularly important for men to understand since they are often in positions in authority over women, in the church, in the workplace, and in other realms of life, and they influence with perspectives and their attitudes. As I talked about it before, it is a beautiful thing to be admired by a man. There is nothing wrong with that. Don't let anyone tell you there's anything wrong with that because it's a lie. Men admire women for a reason. God made women beautiful for a reason. And it's not even just your looks. It could just be your grace, your your sweetness. Some women are so sweet and I meet them and I'm like, oh my goodness, you are just so, so sweet. That's so beautiful. It doesn't matter how you look on the outside. That makes you so beautiful. And that's a blessing for for everyone to experience. But a man is going to want a sweet wife. He'll pick that woman over someone beautiful. I promise you he will. Because that is something that we as people crave is someone just being kind and loving and sweet and seeing us, right? Being noticed and valued. So as men they need to be able to realize how important that is to women. Because with this society, of course, things have changed a lot where men are scared to even say anything to a woman out of fear that the woman's going to say she's harassing him and that kind of thing. Not to say that some men are not very you know, inappropriate because a lot of them are quite creepy. But there are also a lot of them that are not. And I will tell you from personal experience that when I started changing my countenance, the way I dress, the way I carried myself, all of the men who used to be super creepy, they just disappeared. Like, I don't even see them anymore because I'm not attracting them. But the men who are polite gentlemen who just want to say, I like that hairstyle. I really like your dress. You look very nice today. Without anything added to it, they're giving me those compliments and it feels it feels good. It doesn't feel creepy because it's not supposed to. It's just a compliment. And I'm not saying it's your fault for, you know, attracting those men because those men are sleazy if they want to be sleazy. But what I'm saying is those men think that that is an invitation for their their words and their behavior sometimes. Because the women who do dress like that for money have realized that that's how they get money. That's how they are able to do their sex work their OnlyFans work, all of the work that is wrapped around sex and men, they realize this is how they need to dress to attract that kind of thing because they want the money from it. But if a regular person is dressed like that, these are the same men thinking that that is, that's what you're looking for. So I hope that made sense. In terms of admiration, a lot of men in my life, did not realize how important it was to compliment a woman's natural hair. And so I went natural and started wearing my hair out and I would have cousins or other men, male friends, and I would tell them and they'd be like, wow, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize that Black women wanted to hear that their hair looks nice. I said, please, if you see a woman, and this is like back when women, Black women started wearing their natural hair out. Like when I, when I was making videos about natural hair, At the time, Black women were not wearing their natural hair out very often, especially those with the coarser hair types, not with confidence, not, you know, not the ones who felt like they were beautiful. They weren't doing that. So when that started, I would tell them, if you see a woman with her natural hair, compliment her. 
you have no idea how good that's going to make her feel, especially coming from a black man. Because a lot of us feel very insecure about it or feel very, we feel less than, like we've taken something beautiful off and no one's going to like us or, you know, whatever the case might be. And they started doing it. And I started noticing because they would come and tell me, Michelle, you have no idea how many women I've told this to and they just light up and they enjoyed it so much. They didn't realize how much women needed to hear that from them. And it just goes to show how much we do need to hear things from men. We live together. Men and women are supposed to be together. There's no division that's really supposed to be happening. It's supposed to be all love, all love. And we light up. If you have your hair out in a in a natural style and you're not so, you're not so sure about this style because you're used to your straight wigs, your virgin hair, and you're, you're you're yourself, you're walking out as yourself and a nice looking man tells you you look beautiful, do you know how that will affect you? You will be on cloud nine. And that just takes two seconds just to say something to someone, right? And, and that will affect you. And so, and of course, the other way around affects you as well. So men need to realize the significance of their words and their affirmations. Women often reflect the manner in which they are treated by men. If men reflect the love and nature of Christ, their dealings with women, the women can also reflect the love and nature of Christ. And I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, they can tell how a man really treats his wife when they when they meet her, how she is, if she's anxious, if she's happy, if she feels free. They can tell if a woman's being abused, beaten by her husband at home based on how she acts in public. She's a reflection of him. The second purpose of the female as a reflector is to represent the nature of the male. She is to reflect the essence of all that God created the man to be in his image. 1 Corinthians 11.7 says that when the woman is the glory of the man, a man ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. The glory of a thing is when it is at its full true self. So when we talk about glory, it is the reflection of the truest nature of something. It says in the Bible, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Meaning whatever you do as a person, it should be done to express the nature of God. And that's (laughs) something a lot of us kind of like try to duck and hide from. Like whatever you eat or drink, whatever you're doing. Meaning if you're eating an entire box of pizza, you may not think that that's wrong, but it actually is wrong because you're not doing it for the glory of God. God is not getting glorified when you can't even move because you're stuffed with pizza. When you've overloaded your body like that with junk. Pizza's delicious. I love pizza. I just had pizza yesterday and I have pizza sitting next to me right now. What I'm saying is we don't think about that when we're eating it (laughs) until we train ourselves to. And then you will start realizing how easy it is to do things where you're not thinking about the glory that God is getting from it. Because it says to do everything for the glory of God, even the way you work. If no one's looking, if your boss is not there, whatever, you have an awful boss. Everything you're doing is for God's glory. Reflecting the glory of God means reflecting his true nature, 
God's glory is often best manifested when we respond in a Christ-like way in different situations. Some people think that if they have I Love Jesus sticker on their car, if they're wearing He Has Risen t-shirts at work, if they have crosses on their necks, tattoos on their body, that they are holy, they are reflecting God. And that is not true. That is not true. Some people are very religious and super stuck on things that do not matter. What matters is how you respond in a Christ-like way in your life to every situation, great situations and difficult situations. How you manifest God's glory, that is what God wants to see, not your honk if you love Jesus sticker. That's for you. That's for you. No one's going to get saved from a honk if you love Jesus sticker. So I want people to really like when it comes to this thing, when it comes to God, God is so deep. God is so he's so beautiful, but he's so simple and we make it so complicated because we put all these rules and extras on it. And that's why for me, it's so important that I create this kind of content because That's the very thing that made me not want to give myself fully to God in in that sense. I didn't like all the extras, but I did not know him. I never met Jesus. I never actually met him until I gave my life to him. Then Then I actually met him for real. And when I met him and I saw who Jesus really was, I thought, okay, this is completely different than I thought. All those other things, they don't matter. What matters is you reflecting God out of you. When your husband gets home and he smells like liquor and you know you just want to be like, oh, I can't believe this man is in this house after he just went out all day with his friends drinking. I can't stand him. Why did I marry this guy? Instead of you responding like that, smiling at him, saying, honey, I'm happy you got home safely. Praying for him. Lord, please help him with his drinking. Getting him his dinner being kind to him and still letting him know, you know, however however you do it in the sweetest, calmest, nicest way, that you notice, that you notice. Doesn't mean that you, you know, you need to go all in, but it can even just be like, wow, did you drive like that? I'm so happy you made it home safely. You know, just God is the one that's going to convict him. God's the one that's going to make him feel an extra in his chest when you say it. That's God. You can just say, "Hmm, I notice it, but you're still so kind and so sweet and Christ-like and not disrespecting him, making him feel like an awful person when he does something that pisses you off. Is this hard? Yes. What I'm saying is actually hard. I know I say it like it's so simple. I'm just telling you what it's supposed to be. And this is something I practice and it's very hard for me. Because I get annoyed off of like, you know, (laughs) him putting something in the dishwasher that says hand wash only. Like, what are you doing? Do you know how much this costs? But I can't do that, right? I can't do that. That's not Christ-like. These things don't really matter. A dish will break and it's over. (laughs) But how I act in that moment can 
change his entire day, change our entire week. Reflecting the glory of God is important. That is the most important thing is God coming out of you in everything that you do, responding in a Christ-like manner in difficult situations. If someone rubs you the wrong way at your job, God is saying to you, let the glory come out now. Let people see what God is like under pressure. Therefore, the glory of something is a manifestation of its true and best nature. I love you all so much, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.